We are considering today the next part of our Hebrew series, Don't Give Up. And we've reached chapter 12. There's a huge amount in this passage, and I intend to spend a while considering the first part of the chapter, although we will read the whole of it and hopefully gain an overview by the end. Let's read the first verse. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Well, that's some opener. The therefore at the start refers the hearers back to chapter 11, where the writer lists and describes these people who are well known to the recipients of the day, who've been examples of faith and perseverance, wanting to draw from them and their example in order to carry on themselves. And we find ourselves now able to draw on an even greater cloud of witnesses. There have been another 2,000 years or so of further examples. I've recently taken great encouragement from looking at the stories of some of the old saints. Mostly, I've never heard of them. So they're actually quite new to me and they've got a freshness to them. So let me tell you a story from a few years back. Um, actually, quite a few years back, uh, only about 600 years after the book of Hebrews would have been written. Look at the characters in the story and look how they look towards Christ and seek to follow him. What do they do? How do they do that? And why do they do that? Have a think about that. His father thought, that that was a pretty bad idea. And essentially, a man had to leave his life behind, his friends, his family, and his hometown to pursue his desire to follow Christ. But he did. And after 15 years of being a monk, he became a missionary to the people of Ghent in Belgium. Now at the time, these people of Ghent were thought so savage that his task of showing them Christ was deemed impossible. But he went anyway. And he suffered. He suffered much. Physical abuse, rejection, but he persevered. And eventually he saw a number become followers of Christ. And his example which also included upsetting the king with his messages, touched the life of this highly ranked soldier named Barvo, who, despite the illegality of becoming a monk, he did. And he worked with a man on his various missions and pilgrimages. This picture by the artist Peter Paul Rubens depicts that event and also shows Barvo's material resources being poured into helping the poor and suffering of Ghent. 
the picture is actually displayed in St. Barbo's Cathedral in Ghent. And for some reason, which I will leave you to investigate, Amand is the patron saint of brewing, the winemakers, beer makers and innkeepers saint. A bit more recent, well, current in fact, there are all around the world other members of this cloud of witnesses that we can be encouraged by. With a few name changes, let me tell you of some from China. Jim Wu partners with Release and works to assist those in China who are suffering because of their faith. He has seen a rise in observations by the authorities as millions of cameras monitor streets and entrances to buildings such as churches. Online the story is similar and meetings cannot legally be held using the internet. These are easily found and the authorities visit those involved, issuing fines and jail terms. Jim knows of many pastors in prison and the sentences are long. Pastor Wong recently received nine years in jail for his involvement in leading his church. So his 12 year old son will be 21 when his father is released. Joe and Lynn received a total of 23 years in prison for their Christian activities and their families were not told which prison they were in. It took an extensive search by release partners to eventually find the prison, over a thousand miles from where the two women lived. These prisoners of faith and those supporting them form part of this cloud of witnesses that if we find out about, then we can draw inspiration from. And also, of course, support, just as we are exhorted to do in the chapter, when the next chapter, chapter 13 and verse 3 of this book of Hebrews we are studying. My last story is about a witness I suspect you don't know. Um, because this man, John, uh, you would probably just describe as an ordinary, unremarkable person. Uh, I worked with him as a teacher. Um, but he is someone who will faithfully uh, attend things, do things, support people, help people. And he does this all from a basis of his faith. He is living out his Christian life in the workplace, in his family. And that also is a great witness, a great encouragement um, in anyone's situation who looks to him. And so these ordinary people that we might see can be within our great cloud of witnesses. What a cloud of witnesses we have. Down through the ages and across different cultures, 
I would suggest it's well worth reading, listening, watching their stories. They encourage us, they inspire us, and we can learn so much from their examples. Spend time in their stories and get some books or films or magazines, look at some websites. Um, they're not difficult to find. And these witnesses, they are forerunners of us and our journey of faith. Their witness proves to us the validity of what we hold to, encouraging and inspiring us to keep going and not to give up. They have outworked it already and we are in the process. However, the writer of the Hebrews continues the chapter by pointing us to the ultimate example, Jesus Christ. Let's read verse two and three. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verses two and three. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Ultimately, our example is Christ. Look at what he's done in the past. Look at what he's doing in our lives and the lives of others around us. And while we can be inspired and encouraged by the cloud of witnesses, while we can try and throw off every hindrance to our faith, all of our own efforts and the example of the witnesses is not what saves and, in, and enables and empowers that is solely Christ and we must look to him the author and perfecter of our faith well okay how do we do that how do we look to Christ and consider him in our situations draw on his example to enable us to continue through our struggles Recall that the hearers of this letter initially were suffering great persecution. Some of their number were being harassed and tortured and killed just for their faith. The journey of faith was a great struggle. How should they look to Christ and deal with suffering? How should we look to Christ and deal with suffering? Well, the following verses of chapter 12 essentially explain it. Let's read them. This is Hebrews chapter 12 and verses four to 17. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves 
and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. So we can view suffering as discipline, that which trains, teaches and equips us on our journey of faith. It brings peace. It brings holiness. This passage is very clear. Christians will suffer. They won't escape suffering. In fact, it can be viewed as a good thing. And that's a hard teaching. And even harder, I would suggest, if you are suffering. Christ's example and the example and support of others will encourage and and inspire us to not give up. But it is Christ himself who will enable us and empower us to continue. The writer goes even further with his difficult teaching and he warns the hearer against refusing Christ. Drawing again on the Israelite history and the workings of the old covenant, a stark warning is given. Don't turn away from Jesus. Let's read the last part of the chapter and see. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 29. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words 
that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. In essence, this chapter says, don't give up. Look at all who have gone before and actively draw encouragement and inspiration from them. More importantly, look to Jesus and his example of suffering. He now enables and empowers you. Your suffering is actually making you more like Christ. So don't refuse Christ or what you have and do will come to nothing in the end. Don't give up. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith.